0: Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram roadmap for educators.
1: One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life.
0: In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better.
1: We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at InspiredTogetherTeachers.com. We're hearing about it everywhere, and you are probably hearing about it too. It's become the latest buzzword in education. We're talking about resilience. We all have an idea of what it means to be resilient and a vague idea of why teachers need resilience. But why is this today's buzzword? Is resilience overhyped? What is it? Why do you need to be more resilient? And most importantly, how can you become more resilient? Today, we are exploring resilience. Welcome to season two of the Inspired Together Teachers podcast.
0: We're Paula and Michelle, award winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers, and we know the struggles you face on a daily basis. Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve.
1: Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best life.
0: Resilience. It has resurfaced as one of the buzzwords in education. Everyone is talking about it. We're told that we need to teach students to be more resilient. And we're also told that teachers need to be more resilient. We're given some vague help, like you need to journal and be more grateful. There's nothing wrong with gratitude journaling. But this really got us thinking, what do we actually know about resilience? Why do we need to be more resilient? And how can we become
1: more resilient? Let's start by defining resilience. Resilience refers to the ability to adapt, bounce back, and recover from challenges, adversity, or setbacks. It involves maintaining one's mental and emotional well-being during difficult times and finding ways to effectively cope with stress and hardship. Resilience is not about avoiding difficulties, but rather about facing them with a positive and adaptable mindset. Given that definition, it's pretty easy to see why there's so much talk about resilience for teachers. In your life and in your work, you're always going to have challenges. Those challenges are going to affect your mental and emotional well-being. Resilience is the ability to deal with those challenges, to take positive action, to reduce potential stress. It's about understanding the personal power you have to deal with your challenges in a way that feels right to you. We say it all the time, you have more power than you think. Resilient people choose their reactions and focus on the things that they can control. We've previously discussed why you should be focusing on your circle of control in podcast episode eight, Choose Your Battles. And we'll link to that in the show notes.
0: So, what really got us thinking was this thought of resilience and why do we need to be more resilient? Here's the answer to that when you are resilient, there's a couple things that you can do better. The first one is coping with challenges. Life is full of challenges at home and at work. Individuals who are resilient are better equipped to navigate those challenges without becoming overwhelmed. Second, we need to be more resilient because it's good for our mental health. Resilience plays a crucial role in maintaining good mental health. It helps all of us to manage our stress, our anxiety, and maybe even depression more effectively. Another reason you need to be resilient is because of the adaptability component. Resilient people are able to adapt to changes and uncertainties more easily, which is particularly valuable because our world is rapidly changing. And finally, we need to be more resilient for our own personal growth. Overcoming adversity can lead to personal growth and increased self-confidence. Individuals who are resilient can often learn valuable life lessons from their tough experiences.
1: We know that as teachers and as people with a personal life, there have been many times when you've already probably been resilient. You might have adapted to online learning during the pandemic, learning new skills quickly and finding creative ways to engage your students virtually. I'm still impressed by how quickly so many teachers across the country were able to adapt and quickly move into another mode of learning. You may have developed strategies that engage the student who is especially challenging and somehow finding ways to connect with them while still maintaining a positive classroom environment for all of your students. Maybe you've found effective ways to navigate working with challenging parents, coworkers, or administrators without letting others zap your individual passion for your work. If you are working on best handling the workload pressures of teaching to avoid burnout so that you can maintain your love of teaching, you are probably being resilient. In each of these examples, resilience involves adapting to different situations, maintaining a solution-oriented mindset, and prioritizing the well-being of your students and yourselves despite the challenges you face as an educator.
0: So now the big question, how can you become more resilient? Consider how you think about challenges and what you say about these challenges. In a recent article, Harvard psychologist Dr. Courtney Warren discussed phrases that people often use that demonstrate that they are more resilient than most people. We loved this article, and we decided to reverse the process with the idea that instead of resilient people using these phrases, we thought, what if we start to use these phrases? Then we're acting in a more resilient way, and repeated uses of these phrases will then become a habit. We've talked lots of times about the importance of building strong habits into your life, and it's that old idea that if you want something, act as if. For example, if you want to eat more healthy foods, act as if you are a person who eats healthy food. Then when you're confronted with a donut or a bowl of Greek yogurt, you can ask yourself, which one of these would a healthier eater choose? Then you do that. Act as if. In the same way, when you're confronted by a challenge, you could use these types of phrases that resilient people use. If you keep doing it gradually, it becomes a habit. Act as if.
1: Let's look at some specific examples. Here's the phrase, I can get through this, or as much as I hate this, I can survive it. Here's the example. You are facing a very difficult parent-teacher meeting. You're upset and you're nervous. However, you plan what you're going to say and you have good examples of student work to share with the parent emotional resilience is associated with grit and mental toughness. There's an understanding that we have to be strong and overcome adversity without letting it break us. I can get through this.
0: Dr. Courtney Warren also suggested that resilient people say, I'm not going to let myself be a victim. Here's an example. You have a great idea for ways that you can implement a new curriculum, and you share it with a colleague who then brings it up at the faculty meeting as if it was her own idea. You're angry. You're hurt. Of course you are, but you don't want to cause a problem, and you feel like a victim. Being resilient means that when you experience that pain of mistreatment, you shift your perspective from "I'm a victim in this situation and powerless to help myself" to how can I grow from this? You resolve to talk to that teacher and you let her know that you didn't appreciate that she passed off your ideas as her own. You then ask her to give you the credit that you deserve. The phrase is, I'm not going to let myself be a victim.
1: Here's another one. This one also connects to growth mindset, which we frequently talk about. What can I learn from this? Openness to experiences and the ability to shift your perspective from why did this happen to me to what can I take from this to help me grow can help you better navigate through life's inevitable ups and downs. For example, you have a meeting with your administrator and find out that you were implementing a new initiative in the wrong way. There was clearly a communication breakdown somewhere along the line and you're worried that it was probably you and it had a lot to do with how you communicated. You can feel bad about yourself, or you can say, what can I learn from this?
0: This next phrase, I just loved. When I read it, I thought, it's so simple. It's just four words. I need some time. A key component of resilience is that emotional flexibility or the ability to regulate your feelings and reduce their intensity in a given situation. Mastery over this can help us feel empowered when we're faced with a challenging situation. I need some time. An example might be you encounter a negative colleague in the hallway. It's happened to all of us. They corner you and they say they're upset with you about something you said to somebody else that clearly upset them. Though you may still be wondering why they're upset about that. That usually happens. You're like, wait, I don't quite understand what just happened here. That colleague wants to argue it out with you right there in the hallway. You could say, I'm feeling a strong emotion, so I'm going to take a moment before I respond or I need a little bit of time before I make some big decisions. I need some time. And this way you can respond still to that colleague, but stay professional while also giving yourself some time to reflect. I'm going to use this one. I need some time.
1: I love that because we all feel pressured to respond to the email in the moment, respond to the colleague in the moment, respond to our children in the moment. And sometimes we're going to make better choices if we just say, I need some time.
0: How often do we look back and say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have responded so quickly. In hindsight, I wish I would have said, I need some time. Gives you that time to formulate the decision and the response that you're happy with. Agreed. That one may be my favorite
1: on this list. Here's another one. It is what it is. The key to resilience is not denying reality or seeking out a reason that makes us feel better about why something happened. When we arrive at a place of radical acceptance, the situation will have less power over us. Example well, we both say this phrase often. When we encounter a roadblock in our business, one of us will likely say, It is what it is. And then we will move into problem-solving mode. For example, this past summer, we reserved a room at a local venue to conduct a summer workshop. Right after we booked the room and put down some big money, we learned that there was a large educational conference planned for the same day in the same city. Obviously, we had had no control over the date of the large conference. We didn't know what was happening, and we had to move our workshop to a different date so the local teachers wouldn't have to choose between the two conferences. That meant we had to contact the venue. Hopefully, they would let us change our date. We had to update all of our marketing materials and move to a date that wasn't our first choice. But it is what it is, and it just was what it was. Being upset about it wouldn't have changed the reality of the situation. Was it fun? No, it wasn't fun and we didn't want to have to do it, but it is what it is. And if you're wondering how it turned out, we had a lovely group of teachers and an excellent workshop, even though it was our second choice of date. It was all okay in the end.
0: Another phrase is, I'm letting this go. Staying mired in resentment or wanting retribution, focusing on payback, any of those things keeps us holding on to that past pain. We've all done that. We hold on. Developing resilience requires getting to a place where we can see the difficult life circumstances for what they are, and then actively choosing to just let them go. The next time you find yourself on edge of something that you can't control, think, just let it go. I'm letting this go. It does not serve you to waste your time and energy on something that's probably out of your control. It's been a great mantra for us personally and professionally. It saved us a lot of useless worry at the expense of our own mental health. You can sit and think about things for a long time. I recently was listening to a speaker who was talking about the difference between fear and anxiety. Fear being, I'm afraid of something right now. And that anxiety being, I'm worried about things in the future, things that are going to happen down the road. Just to be able to say, this is anxiety, identify it. It's something that's going to happen potentially in the future or maybe not. But either way, just have to let it go.
1: I love this one too. I think of the movie Frozen. We all know the often played song Idina Menzel, the fantastic singing, let it go. My experience with that phrase and when I started to use it is the summer that movie came out was the summer that we moved to a new city. In the middle of moving, and I kid you not, the day we closed on our house, a tornado hit our town and ripped up trees and destroyed buildings, caused flash floods. I remember we had just closed our paper. We had driven to the new city. Suddenly, there's a tornado. Now, in the morning, I am teaching summer school back in the old city. So I have to get ready and leave early and drive. And I get there and there's ambulances, fire trucks and police cars blocking the road. And I'm like, no, I need to get through what's going on. That whole summer, it was just like one thing after another with setbacks, setback, setback, weather, things that we can't control, flooding in the basement that we couldn't control, down trees that we couldn't control. After a while, it was just like, I have to let it go let it go for my own sanity. It is what it is. And I have to let it go. That phrase served me so well. And it felt so freeing. I can't control a tornado. I can't worry about it. I just have to let it go. And that's what I did.
0: I love how you just combined a few of the phrases too, (laughs) with that little bit of extra double punch of power. It is what it is. And I'm letting it go. Dr. Warren also suggests that resilient people use these additional phrases that you might want to try out if one of those first few we have suggested don't quite fit with you. Here they are. Life is hard. I won't always be happy with how things play out, but it's part of my journey. This too shall pass. Each day is an opportunity to feel a little better. I may be struggling, but I can find a way to be thankful for the good things in my life. And finally. There's always a gift, even in the darkest experiences. I just need to figure out what it is. How can I use this experience to empower and transform me?
1: These phrases are connected to many of the topics we've covered on this podcast. Growth mindset, making mindset shifts, understanding your circle of control, being bold, setting boundaries, and others. In the beginning of this episode, we questioned Why the hype? Do teachers need resilience? Our answer is a resounding yes, and now more than ever. With a little thought and practice and how you phrase your experiences, you can develop more emotional resilience. That leads us right to today's recap. Resilience is a valuable skill, and it helps us to navigate our challenges in a positive way. With some practice, you can learn to reframe your experiences in a way that makes you stronger.
0: In true teacher fashion, we always end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to pick one or two of the phrases that we discussed and try them out in your work life, your home life. See if you feel just a little more resilient. Act as if. We won't be grading your homework, but we would love to hear how it's going. So reach out and tell us. We read your messages that come to us through DMs on our social media, through our website, or if you want to drop us an email, we love to read your emails as well.
1: Speaking of the website, we often refer to different blog posts, such as the ones we did today or other podcasts. Go ahead and go to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com and see what you can find there. All the podcast episodes are there. Literally hundreds of blog posts that are searchable by topic. So go take a look at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. There's a lot of good stuff there.
0: I'm glad we talked about that today, Michelle, because I feel like so many times people think of us as people who do the podcasts or the people who do the workshops, but we have a wonderful blog full of resources for teachers. And when people find that out, they always come back and say, I had no idea there was so much information there. I'm glad that you shared that. So people can go there and check us out at InspiredTogetherTeachers.com. We promise there's something there for you. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode.
1: If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your
0: best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.